You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with probably one of the coolest concepts, coolest cafes for sure in Charlotte, Ed Price with Community Matters Cafe. If you haven't been to Community Matters Cafe, you need to Google it right now. Go there for lunch immediately uh, and check that out. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about what Community Matters Cafe is. Now, you can find lunch or a a cup of coffee in in a dozen of places in Uptown or or South End Charlotte, but you can't always get them with the side of helping humanity. Now, we know a place where that's possible, not just easing your hunger, but helping men and women who hunger for better lives after recovering from addiction and homelessness. Community Matters Cafe at Charlotte Rescue Mission is helping these men and women get back on their feet by serving you lunch and getting you on your way. Ed is the Director of Life Skills Operations at Community Matters Cafe, and he's going to join us on the Brand Motors Podcast to talk about how this cafe has really dealt with the last year when a lot of restaurants were struggled or have been struggling, but really what does it mean for community matters cafe? Um, I love the idea. I love the concept. Uh, we've had multiple people on here who have actually, you know, donated time at the Charlotte rescue mission. And, uh, one of them being the Buelo family, um, which have done amazing work. And actually their daughter did a charity, uh, event that we actually had her on here laps for love who had raised a couple hundred thousand dollars for the uh, Charlotte Rescue Mission. She's the youngest person that we've had on the podcast, and it's amazing not only what you guys are doing, uh, but what the community has been able to do to support you. So, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to hear about this story, and you are now on this episode of the Brand Butters Podcast. It's my pleasure for being here. Thanks for having me out today, Brian. Where can I start? I mean, should I start with the history of the Charlotte Rescue Mission? Does that make sense and how community matters ties in? Absolutely. Okay, yes, so, 100%. 1930. <laughs> 1938, uh, nine Christian businessmen realized there was a problem in the city of Charlotte, and it still exists today. It was homelessness and transient behavior. And what they decided to do was figure out a way to solve it in that moment. And what they did was started to pick up guys every night off the street, bring them to a local church, get them a hot meal, uh, get them the gospel, let them rest, uh, get cleaned up, and then rinse and repeat. And they did that for many, many years, incorporated the Charlotte Rescue Mission. One of those founding folks was the... Uh, father of the Reverend Dr. Billy Graham. And that legacy continued right up and through the 60s. 1960s, you know, the leadership around the mission started to figure out, hey, there's a repeat pattern of behavior revolving around alcoholism and addiction. We probably need to start addressing that. And that's what turned us into a treatment center rather than just a homeless response. And since then, what started out as a 30-day program, which you would be familiar with the likes of Betty Ford Center and other brand names out there in the marketplace, where we treat the medical side of addiction, it's turned into a 120-day treatment program. And that's what we do. We've got certified substance abuse counselors and clinical counselors and a rhythm of therapy that our men and women come into. In addition, they're going to hear a message of hope revolving around the Gospels. So what we do is we treat it from both perspectives. You will always be able to find 28 and 30-day recovery centers that will get you clean and sober. What we do is we take it further by extending it to 120 days, and we treat the shame. And what I really try to dive down into and, and remind people is that when the men and women who are in our program were 10 and 11 and 12 years old, that's when they first started drinking. Um, They didn't go into their guidance counselor's office and raise their hand and say, hey, I'd like to be an alcoholic. It's the stuff that happened to them when they were kids. Um, And at the same time, when they were kids and three and four and five years old, and 
their, uh, you know, their abuser did things to them or in, in whatever capacity, you don't have to use your imagination. They cried out to a God and the God didn't answer their question. So they're pissed off at God. They're pissed off at people. But the brokenness inside is what we try to address because I can get anybody sober. I can lock you up in a place in a space for 30 days and keep you from using a substance and monitor your behavior. But if we don't treat those core issues of shame, you're going to return to the well and repeat that pattern of addiction or alcoholism. Does that all make sense to you? Yes, it does. 100%. Yeah. So let's talk a little. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. Well, no, I, like, how do they find you in the first place? If, if there's a problem, what, what's normally the process? We've got lots of partner agencies in Charlotte that know who we are and what we do. Um, if you Google uh, rehabilitation or any kind of uh, recovery services out there in the marketplace, we're going to come up and rank pretty high. And then we're also free. Uh, we're supported uh, by individuals and foundations and churches we don't accept any public assistance, so it allows us to provide our services to the men and women that we serve 100% free of charge. So there's an attractor as well. Uh, men and women that find us are typically at the bottom. They've had their families change their locks and turn their backs and say, enough. Um, they've exhausted their resources. They're typically unemployed, usually homeless um, in the 95th percentile, like 95% of the people that come to us are homeless, jobless. Uh, they show up with a couple of bags and usually without resources, not even a car. Um, so they find us out of desperation. Um, it is a voluntary program. We don't accept court-appointed cases, uh, even though we still get parents uh, of, of a certain age that will show up with their adult son or daughter and say, fix this. And we would love to fix this, but the reality is that person needs to sort of self-identify and say, I surrender. I need help. Um, and it's completely, they're able to walk on the campus and walk off the campus at their will. Um, it's completely up to them how they participate and press in. Uh, following the pandemic and all the social issues and the pressures and anxiety and all the things we keep hearing about associated with being locked in our homes and not being able to socialize and all of that, how has that affected the volume that, that is coming to see you? It has, it's been a really strange roller coaster ride because at the beginning of the pandemic, when we had to lock down our campus and say, okay, Normally, someone who would come to the Charlotte Rescue Mission would be able to, in the afternoons and evenings when program was over, go uptown, buy a cup of coffee, go to 7-Eleven, grab a pack of cigarettes, go out to AA or NA uh, meetings in the local landscape. Um, that hasn't happened since April last year. So it's a little discouraging for someone to come here and say, hey, guess what? You're trapped on First Street from here forward. Um, so that affected our admissions at first and still continues to because we have not allowed the men or women who come to our programs outside of doctor's appointments to leave just because we've really tried to make sure that we remain and stay healthy. Um, what has happened in, in the course of time, though, because of the abuse out there in the marketplace, and believe it or not, unemployment has contributed to the way that people are using and abusing, um, as well as some of the, the stimulus monies that we've seen. It's allowed people to go a little bit deeper into their addiction and their alcoholism. So it's created a greater traffic flow for those of us that are still here trying to work with those who need that rehabilitation. So it's increased, uh, even though we had a couple of stops along the way, we had a, we had a COVID outbreak in late December, early January, which really caused us to sort of freeze. But now we've gotten to this place with rapid testing. We've got some quarantine housing in the city and the health department have been super cooperative that we stay healthy, we remain healthy, and we've got this process and flow that will 
likely keep us in a place where we don't see another pandemic outbreak, at least here at the Charlotte Rescue Mission. I love it. I um, I love what you guys have done over at the Charlotte Rescue Mission. I think that kind of goes into this next question is, you know, the cafe was kind of that next stop in recovery, right? You just mentioned that you could get anybody, you know, sober, but what happens after those 30 days? Like, how do we get them motivated to not only create the life that they want, but give them the tools necessary to do that? And I would love to to hear from you. How did the concept come up? Um, how did, how long have you guys been, been running the cafe and tell us a little bit about that journey from taking an organizations from 1938, but now the cafe's only been a couple of years old. And I would love to hear what, what that journey looked like and how you guys decided that this would be a great next step for your organization and for the people that are going through this addiction. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say it was probably six years ago. We had a staff member who, you know, not unlike a lot of folks in Charlotte looked around and said, wow, you know. Third Ward, South End, it's all starting to really develop and change. They looked at this vacant building that we've owned since the 70s, and they said, this would make a terrific coffee shop or a restaurant. And that's where the idea was spawned. Um, Over the course of time, it just sat there. In the beginning of 2017, our development team, which is the folks that raise funds for us, actually took our CEO and said, hey, by the way, we're going to throw you into this competition called Seed 20. C20 is a, you know, it's it's a hybrid. If you had to look at it from a, you know, a marketplace perspective, it's probably a cross between Shark Tank and The Bachelor. Um, they take 20 nonprofits, they put them in a in a funnel, and 10 come out the bottom, and those 10 get to put together a three-minute TED Talk kind of conversation. And our CEO stood up to the test and uh, wound up placing third in this competition. The concept was to take this building that we're in, which is now called Community Matters Cafe. He framed it up as Rescue Cafe and said, hey. Here's this server, and here's where that server started, and here's where they finished. And the idea was really well received. Two things happened. They won a small third-place prize of $2,500, but more importantly, they encountered a coach from another team who was part of an organization called Community Matters Insurance Partners of Charlotte. It's a legitimate 501c3 nonprofit, and what they are is a collaboration or consolidation of about 80, 85 insurance companies, brokers. Uh, on the PNC side, so you'd be familiar with Chubb and Aon and, and other brand names. And they, six years prior, had looked at some of the ways that they were saving money and giving money away to larger organizations that, at the time, in that world that they were looking, there were CEOs that were making $10 million for some of these organizations without naming names. You're familiar with what I'm referring to. And they said, okay, rather than giving this money away, what if we kept it hyper-local and we created this little nonprofit without any paid board members and we started to just really create impact where we live? And they did just that. So year after year for the first five years, they volunteered specifically and deliberately at one organization at a time. And they gave away a six-figure donation at the end of that volunteer year and really impacted those organizations. Year six, they chose the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And as they got into the spring of 2017, they started asking questions about this building and this concept of a cafe. And they were the ones who initiated in the spring of 2017. They said, what if we stayed for five years instead of one and gave you a million dollars instead of just a regular six-figure gift that might not have impact? Because we can see the long game when it comes to the impact that this could have with respect to life skills training, job skills training, and that was a big deal, right? So a million dollars is a big commitment on a project like this. Right alongside that, this is my favorite donation, even though we love the Community Matters people. Uh, ABC, the folks that distribute beverages for North Carolina, they're a nonprofit. And most people don't realize that all of their um, 
income that they make up of and beyond expenses goes into donations. So they have to give it all away. So we were the recipient of $200,000 towards this construction project. And then we had two different churches give us uh, 150 each. And if I told you the churches are on different ends of the spectrum, but they came together and said, let's show unity and show that this thing can really make a difference in our community. So we went from zero to $1.5 million in cash commitments in a very short period of time. Now, I don't know about you. That's evidence that we're on to something wow, yeah. and people sort of get it, right? Um, so that enabled us to start with our architects and our designers and our builders and our planners. And the void between 1.5 and what we spent in about $2.6 million to finish this space out came from additional donations, everything from you know a couple hundred dollars all the way up to we had an, uh, a contractor who invested about $80,000 in gift and kind donations and services and materials over the course of time. And ultimately, at the other end, we, we raised about $2.6 million. So we're in here without any overhead, debt-free. Um, that's the physical and the, the storybook side of it. The other side of it was the deficit for the Charlotte Rescue Mission was to take someone who's graduated from that four-month period of time that they spend with us and equip them so they're better prepared to do life on life's terms. So again, I get you sober, but if I cast you back out to the wolves, you're going to repeat those patterns of behavior and start over again. What we're trying to do is give them a little more time in the world of sobriety, give them more skills. So this is a life skills curriculum. It's actually not a work study program. If you know our men and women, which you've been customers here, you understand there's some of the most dynamic and functional and capable and, you know, sort of, um, Amazing people, they've just gotten side railed by drugs and alcohol. Um, I always say, we ask a question here. We don't, the world will ask you, how smart are you? We ask, how are you smart? And that frames it a little bit differently because they're able to take their talents because they're all gifted in conversation and influence. Um, remember, this is the group of men or women that when and have, when they've been homeless, they can get up at 6 a.m. and by 9, 10 a.m. have the amount of money that they need to get what they want for that particular day. doesn't take any imagination. You've seen folks with signs and there's other ways to earn income in that capacity during the course of the day. It's training them to think differently and have a stick-to-itiveness, which comes from the repeat patterns of working and showing up, not just on time, but being 10 minutes early, smoking your cigarette, putting on your uniform, washing your hands and showing up with your name tag on, ready for the day's business. It's those things... I'm going to use my one of my graduates' words. She said, I forgot how to behave because I got so far down the hole of addiction and alcoholism. And we're just reminding them what it feels like to be uncomfortable, right? Everybody's weird. We're all weird. Hands up. I'm <laughs> yeah. weird, Hands right? Up. And, yeah. and, 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 and the truth is, is that life's going to be weird. Your coworkers, your peers, your managers, even the people that you supervise, your family, it's all part of that. So rather than returning to drugs and alcohol, as those things start to pop up that make them uncomfortable dealing with others, we have this incredible living laboratory where we give them grace to mess up and make mistakes. Here's a perfect example. One of our servers who's up there right now a couple of weeks ago completely twisted the order around. And the two ladies that were the recipients of that order being twisted, they were still loving us because they know our mission and our heart. But we took it a step further. I was able to empower this gentleman who's a server in recovery and doing great said, Hey, just go refund them and give them a gift card for the exact amount that you screwed up because that's going to show that we want to do the right thing. It's also going to show that you accepted that responsibility because he had to come to me and say, I messed up, which was huge. I wanted to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, he messed up, but he did it in such a way that it 
called attention to it and we did it appropriately. So we turned that around and we've got two raving fans now. They would have stayed our fans and returned to us, but now there are raving fans and we continue to do that. In a normal restaurant environment, somebody who graduated the Charlotte Rescue Mission and maybe got a job out there, they might not get that second or third chance. We are a place that prides ourselves on second chances and giving people the opportunity to sort of learn, earn, and move forward. Yeah. So there, ask questions. With with your team there at Community Matters, is there a time frame that they are able to work there, or is that as long as they want, or do you sort of turn them loose back into the world outside of Community Matters and the rescue mission? Great question. It's a specific program. So someone who walks through the doors of the mission and spends that first 120 days in recovery graduates as a resident of the Charlotte Rescue Mission. There's lots of options. You can stay with us and be under our umbrella of housing and go to school, to trade school, um, back to work for a season, up to 18 months. But you also have an opportunity to apply to the Community Matters Cafe and be a part of this. So you have a written application, a physical interview, and then we accept some. We can't accept all because we move about 700 people through our dorms on the men's and women's side during the course of a year. We've got the capacity for about 120 to move through our programs. So you come here and you're going to spend six months in this program in addition to those first four months. There may be a little pause at the beginning before you get to the mission by two or three days. or maybe a little bit of a pause before you start class here at the cafe. We start once a month. So net net at the end of a six month program of the cafe, you might be sober for a year and in and around our housing for a year. And the front end is that we put you in a life skills training class. It's a 16 module class that has the basics like the four C's of communication, code switching, which is when, you know, your, your family, your boyfriend or your girlfriend are blowing up your phone because there's some drama in your life. You know enough to put your phone away, show up for eight hours, do the work. And then that drama is going to be there when you get off. Um, again, the crowd that we deal with tends to, you know, throw down their hat and their apron when they have drama blow up their life. And they use that as an excuse to go to 7-Eleven on the way to handle that drama. Um, then you step into the restaurant and you're going to spend time working in every single area of the restaurant. You might not always start in a dish pit. You might start in the dining room. And it gives them real world experience where they get to, yeah, learn a skill, but more importantly, they get to learn to deal with others. We've got about 10 professionals, chef, pastry chef, sous chef, um, professionals in the kitchen, front of the house, coffee manager, restaurant manager, who are paid employees who are not in recovery, who have not come through our program. When we hired them on, we sort of framed it that you're urban missionaries, right? You're not necessarily technical employees because I can train any of you, even in that room, to do the work that's here, but you got to have a heart for this because it's going to hurt sometimes. It's going to be great highs, but there's also going to be great lows. We've had overdose, relapse. We've even had a death in the program of someone who graduated from the CAFE program uh, last year. And that hurts. So you have to have a heart for that, but also a stomach for it as well. Um, so, but those professionals, we call them urban missionaries and they're technically proficient, but more importantly, they've got a heart for this and they really love the people and the work that we do. So you get through this program, you spend six months here, you work through all the parts of the restaurant and those life skills that are on the front end, that 16 module curriculum, it's actually storybook based. It has central characters and the important lessons we infuse into what happens in and around the restaurant so that as they're going through things that are happening here, we say, okay, from a life skills perspective, what's happening in your mind, your heart, your body right now, right? Because even sometimes when your hands sweat and your heart's racing, you may not even know where that's coming from. And we try to pull them back and say, hey, 
where are you going? What's happening in your world? What's happening in your heart and your head? And that helps them remain focused on their recovery. Number one word we use around here is pause. Because when something gets weird, which it absolutely will, you just pause. Talk to your peer, talk to your counselor, talk to the person who's responsible. They're under our care while they're here as well. So they have housing, they have medical, they have all of their clothing needs and food needs met, even transportation. We provide bus passes. They go from living in the dorms for those first four months and we graduate them as they become students at the cafe into different housing where they have to navigate buses and some of their own food when it comes to nights and weekends. So they're growing back into that world of what it feels like to really re-enter society. Same time, we're working with them and the local credit union to help them navigate credit issues. Um, can they open up a bank account? Because maybe they've got some bad checks that are out there. They're not going to get paid if they can't open up a bank account. Um, help them navigate child support and alimony and bad stuff at motor vehicles and anything that's going to be a stumbling block. So that extra time in our program, under our cover, in our housing, allows us to help them take control of their lives and go out and chase the things that have prevented them from getting back to the rhythm of life. And we don't do the work for them. Uh, invariably, people come up to us and say, thank you, thank you. And they just sort of, you know, sort of melt over us. Like, wait a minute, you showed up, you surrendered, you did the work, you pressed in, you've remained sober all this time. You deserve as much congratulations as anybody else. All makes sense? Absolutely. Amazing work. That That's, uh, I, I had no idea all of that was going on. All I, all I knew was, you know, kind of folks in recovery, waiting tables, and, and assisting. Um, this makes me want to even come have lunch with you today, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come on. What, what come do you on. have? What do you have in regards to your partners after the program? Are there local restauranteurs, local small businesses, local corporations that will then in turn help you hire the right candidate uh, from your program? All that and more. Um, yeah, and then you've got to extend it and go further past that perspective of we've got church partners and corporate partners that have been legacy volunteering at the mission for decades. Um, we've got organizations, you know, from architectural firms to the banks in town that have been serving a specific lunch meal or breakfast meal, again, for years and years and sometimes decades. Um, so that's the first part of it is those organizations have long to come alongside of us and figure that out. But restaurants are easy. We've got other partnerships with, um, you know, non-traditional organizations that are outside of food service, manufacturing. Um, Amazon's a big partner of ours because if you've got a clean record, they're, they're really willing to hire you. And these are some of the most incredible people. And, you know, the living wage that Amazon pays. Um, it's been a growth opportunity for us as well as the employers that we serve because I, there's a major restaurateur in town. And I would never throw that that name under the bus, but they came to me and said, hey, we've got this new franchise concept and we're doing this and that. And we've got this place over here. It's near the bus line. We're paying nine bucks an hour. I almost threw the phone out the window of the car because for nine bucks an hour, I won't even entertain that conversation. We won't engage with an employer unless they're at least paying 14, 14, 50 an hour to start. That's not enough for you or I to save money to put money down on an apartment and get a car and get ahead. But because they're under the cover of our housing and there's a reduced fee and there's no admission to, they don't have to go out and engage in their own utility bill right now or put a deposit down. They get to just move in. There's furniture and all the provisions for them. That allows our men and women, and we track on them when it comes to this, to save and to be deliberate about making sure that their past is going to remain their past and figuring out some of the deltas that would keep them from getting back to it. And at the end of the day, we try to 
get them built up so that if they stay with us for a year to 18 months, they should be in their own car, have very little debt and have the kind of resources and credit where they can go out and buy an apartment. We've had people walk out of here and buy condos and houses um, after staying with us for 18 months because they've earned very well. Um, but we do have great employer relationships. We have lots of folks coming to us on the regular asking us to send employees. And especially now, given what's happening in the world economy, when it comes to employee engagement and, and employability, we see great, great return on that. And we actually have several staff members who their full-time role is to channel and funnel and get people engaged as they either finish the mission or this program as they walk back out to the world. So uh, everything you've said is amazing. I mean, the the statement that you guys have is is more than coffee and food. We restore hope. And I think it's incredible. First off, if you want to go check out their <laughs> menu, by the way, it's incredible. The food's delicious. So everyone should go eat there. This story seems like something that needs to happen in multiple different communities, right? This seems like something that, although you guys have put a lot of work behind it, there was a lot of money that needed to be raised. You probably got a, a couple of breaks in there to be able to get to where you're at. What have you seen in the last four years? Is this something that is able to be duplicated in different communities? And have you had the opportunity to have conversations with different communities on how that can happen? Yes, to all of the above. Um, in fact, I worked through a program last year called Cultivate here in town, and it was sort of an incubator for non non well nonprofits that are startups. And I got the great pleasure of working with Josh Jacobson. He took everything that I'm throwing up on you. Plus, I've got some experience in a ministry called Project 658 on the east side of Charlotte. I started that catering kitchen. Um, so it's social enterprise. That's what we do, right? We create uh, a nonprofit that has a financial earning component, and then we turn that back into turn the profit back into the machine so that it creates more of the above. Um, is this possible replicatable in ultimately every city in, in, in the nation? Yeah, for sure. We had a conversation with Frank Harris of Coca-Cola, and as he really started to wrap his head around this thing, he's like, this is possible like everywhere. No question. We could put this in place absolutely everywhere. I just came back from Houston earlier this week and had great conversations with folks down there about this very thing. Very possible. It will work better with a mature nonprofit that's already serving a population of people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the addicted and the alcoholic. It just has to be somebody that's being served. So Houston was specifically a homeless-only organization, and it's a vast population in Houston, fourth largest city. But they're very excited about the concept and process of creating their own social enterprise that returns back to the, the, the main entity. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before yeah. you jump into something else, I will say, you know, Project 658, I've been uh, uh, able to participate in a couple of different street soccer, street soccer 658 events. Um, so congratulations on not only what you've done with this group, but really as a whole in this entire community. That's absolutely amazing. Now, I want to know Thanks. for our leaders, are the executives, community leaders, whatever it is, what do you need? What does Community Matters need? What does the Charlotte Rescue Mission need? How can the people that are listening to this podcast help you? From a Community Matters perspective, it's just continued visitorship, right? We need customers walking through the door. And we really have seen a great return to business in the last six, eight weeks, right to the, you know, I always call it pre-COVID. Before March of 2020, we were reservations only from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. You couldn't come in here and get a seat uh, without getting onto open table and reserving a place to sit. Um, so it was really wide open. Uh, we're returning to that level of business. What we're missing now, and most people don't realize, is we have a back room that will seat from 12 to 24 people, depending on the level of comfort. But also, 
we've got this entire space that we close at three o'clock. We did a wedding this past Saturday and the Saturday before. Nice. We're going to be alcohol free because the uh, the nature of our business, we're always going to be alcohol free. But we had people that were willing to partner with us, didn't want alcohol at their wedding. But we've done Christmas parties and baptisms and you name it. There's an opportunity for you to use this for birthday parties or whatever that looks like. So um, this becomes an incredible space and transforms at night under the lights. Uh, when we dim the lights down to about 20%, it just really, really takes on its own its own place and space. So great relationships that would lead to more catering inside of this space is really what we're looking for. Um, we'll also do some really cool events. Uh, we did one in February for um, Black History Month. We did, and we profiled African-American chefs of, you know, of note. Uh, it was well-received. We'll do a Hispanic history uh, one in September. So we do takeovers too. We're partnering with other restaurants and we'll do some takeovers. But really it's visitorship and customers. And then from the Charlotte Rescue Mission perspective, uh, we have great volunteer opportunities. If you go to charlotterescuemission.org, you can find a volunteer tab and there's three meals a day at two campuses every single day of the year where we could use folks to come in and cut some food up, prepare it, help serve it, and then ultimately fellowship with the men and women. That's the number one thing. When you come here and volunteer, at some point you're going to see a reflection of yourself or a brother or a son or a family member because they don't all look like they just walked out from underneath the bridge with a needle in their arm, right? There's folk, there are folks here that are you know what I call straight up drunks um, or they have a little time in their addiction and they don't look as beat up and battered and it's hard to tell the difference. And those are the folks where the impact happens from a volunteer perspective. You come here, you hang out after a meal and you really get to hear the story. So that's where the greatest partnership is, is customers and volunteers. That's fantastic, man. We're, um, and I know we're, we're going to wrap this up here in a, in a minute, but what in the future, in, in the next, you know, five years, what are the plans for not only community matters, but with the Charlotte rescue mission, obviously coming out of COVID, there's a lot of, of, of things that are, that are going on, but I'd love to see kind of what your vision is. I mean, are we going to see some community matters, cafe food trucks, you know, around the city? Uh, what is, what is going to be the future? Cause Hey, why not? We should be putting those all over the block. Just share the message. We'll spread it everywhere, but tell me uh, what your thoughts are and, and, and where do you see this group going? Exciting times. Great question. The entity that is community matters cafe is actually incorporated as Charlotte rescue mission social enterprise. So it's a broader umbrella that we can put more businesses under. We're actually in conversations to start our own moving company, uh, very low threshold for overhead and very easy to get folks engaged. They can literally graduate and the next day start moving. We're, we're talking guys and girls that can pack boxes and move stuff. Um, we've also just had a conversation yesterday and we started one last year for different locations, North Tryon, West Charlotte, for a franchise or another location of Community Matters Cafe. So there's great potential for that. Outside catering for sure. We're actually looking, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty sales focused kind of guy. And I noticed that uptown Charlotte, if you look at all the construction that's happening, a lot of these construction crews are walking really far to get coffee and donuts and other stuff. We were talking not so much about a food truck, but what about, you know, I'll call it what I called it when I grew up in New York. It's called a roach coach, right? Yeah. It's that coffee truck <laughs> that can roll up on a, yeah. a co coffee, a coffee truck that rolls up on a site and can sell just the basics. So they get through a morning break and an afternoon break. Uh, talking about doing that. So the sky's the limit. We've talked about a thrift store. We've talked about all different variations of what social enterprise can look like. And when you look at the impact that we've had here at the cafe, it's easy to attract organizations, churches, and individuals to 
give generously to come alongside us and make that happen without a significant investment on our part. Second part of your question, where's the mission going? Um, we're about to start a capital campaign. Our women's location over on West Boulevard is 10 years old, looks like a college campus. They have the most gorgeous rose garden out front. So it feels like high-end rehab. Uh, the rescue mission over on First Street by Bank of America Stadium is an 80-some-year-old building. And I always say it's not one finger in a dike. It's all 10 fingers and all 10 toes. Every mm -hmm. given day, we're starting. We're trying to figure out how to keep this place together. So our capital campaign, which is launching literally right now this, this week, is going to help us level two buildings that are sort of beat up and abandoned on the backside of our property on the old Southern Rail Line and raise up a five-story, 75,000-square-foot building, which will take us into, you know, the next 50 to 100 years. So very exciting times. And the partnership that we've seen already from corporations and foundations is great. And we've got great co-chairs running our campaign. So we're really excited about that. I want to say one thing before I, I know you're going to wrap this up. Um, one of the things that we did at the cafe, and you've been here, you appreciate this, and the things that we'll do moving forward with respect to social enterprise and even the things of the mission, we've created this word, we've rallied around this word, and it's called excellence. We could have built a middle-of-the-road coffee shop with you know recycled furniture and put a decent cup of coffee and a bad grilled cheese out in front of you, and you would have visited once and felt good about yourself and said, geez, I did that, check the box, took an Instagram post, uh, whatever that looks like. But because there's this level of excellence and we have real chefs with a real menu and we've got five-star ratings on Google, it allows our students to feel like they're part of something amazing. Because to be some, be part of something mediocre, they'd get some skills, they'd have an experience. But because this is so well done and there's such a team of people here who are pressing in as missionaries, what we find is this becomes their home. This becomes a, a mark on their in their mind that they can never have wiped away. We had a graduation yesterday, just one graduate moved forward, Ben. And, you know, I reminded Ben, this is now a, mon a monument in your past that no one can take away. You've completed this, you've accomplished it, but because it was excellent, it just feels so much more rich than just an ordinary experience. Absolutely incredible. And um, everything that you've done, everything that the rescue mission's done, everything that Community Matters has done, um, I really challenge everybody that's listening to this podcast, definitely like, share, comment, share this story. But if you go on their website right now, it says this, you can make this summer of hope for those in need. And that's exactly what this community can do. I've been here 11 years and I, I, I'm so blessed by the people in this city that are committed to the nonprofits, but ultimately committed to supporting people. And this is the, a great opportunity mm -hmm. Um, and Ed, honestly, you know, you're a leader and a pioneer in this, in this world, when it comes to enabling a program that truly supports people. But like you just said, it gives them, you know, the hope it gives them something to be proud about, right? Like you're not just in a little restaurant, like you are in a five-star restaurant produces amazing food and you're part of something that that is only another platform to put them, uh, in the life that they want. And, um, Ed, I, I, Honored to have you on this podcast. It's why we started this podcast is to bring on people like you, bring on people that are doing amazing things like this. And I just hope that everybody that's listening to this, you go to charlotterescuemission.org, you go to lunch at Community Matters Cafe, and you do anything and everything that you can to support uh, these great organizations. Thanks, brothers. I appreciate you guys. Ed, thank you, man. Keep up the great work. We'll come see you soon. And Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate your time, man.
Definitely. No worries. Enjoy your day. Absolutely. Like I said, everybody that uh, please like, share, comment, check it out. Uh, it's an amazing story. And um, if, if you don't have a nonprofit that you're committed to right now and you're coming out of, of this COVID and you got some money or you're starting to make some more money, figure it out. Like you can, you can, you don't even need money. Just donate time. But I definitely think it's something that we all need to take a look at and do some more research on. Um, Ed, keep up the great work. Can't wait to come uh, back to the restaurant. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.